You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venezia, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice the reward in obeying God. So the promise of God to Joshua, stay in the law, keep the commandments, meditate upon them. The Lord gives a promise in this book and throughout the rest of His Word to prosper us. This promise, however, is conditional. As Pastor Mike will explain in today's message, the law was meant to push us to a dependence on God. When we meditate on the teachings of Jesus, we know how to obey Him. When we live life God's way, we can navigate the difficulties of life better. But God will also bless us for our obedience. One of the ways that we can show our love to God is by keeping His commandments. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Kings chapter 1 as he continues his message, Final Charges. There is the way of the world, and there is the way of God. And to walk in the way of God usually means to walk against, notice I said usually, means to walk against the way of the world. Thus, this is where strength and being a man comes in. Remember the charge, be a man. And this is exactly where strength and being a man comes in, because this is what it takes to walk against the ways of the world. That's a real man who will keep the commandments of the Lord. That's a real man. That's a real woman who walks with God. And listen, the world doesn't admire someone who's committed himself to God's ways. They don't appreciate someone who stands up and walks against the tide and current of popular, popular opinion and practice. You're going to find it takes a real strength and being a real man to do this. But David said, son, keep his statutes, notice there, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies. In other words, keep the whole law. Now, let me break these down for you. Notice there are four things that Solomon was to keep, the first of which is statutes. Now, what does this refer to? Well, statutes had to do with man approaching God in the tabernacle, in the tabernacle worship 
all of that part of the law which spoke of the various sacrifices and the way to go about sacrificing unto the Lord. That constituted the statutes. So that's what David is referring to here. The statutes has to do with worship. Now, in the New Testament, under the New Dispensation, in John's Gospel in chapter 4 and verse 24, as it relates to true worship, we are told we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. That is, with the help of the Spirit, looking to him for our strength. But notice, we are to worship God in truth, without hypocrisy. Do you see that? And that's the reason why David is encouraging his son to be a real man. It's going to take a real man to walk with God, to worship God in truth. But notice also, he makes mention that this is possible through the help of God's Holy Spirit. Oh, how dependent we are upon God's Holy Spirit to enable us to walk in truth before the Lord. So, notice the next charge. He refers to the commandments. Again, this is a part of being a man, a true man, in the way that God wants us to be a true man or a true woman. He refers to the commandments, and of course this is a reference to the the Ten Commandments, the commandments of, of God. These commandments, even today, are still binding upon each and every one of us. Listen, our righteousness, our acceptance by God is not based upon the Ten Commandments, but rather our faith in him. But nevertheless, he hasn't put aside the commandments, right? They're still uh, binding upon us you know, as we walk with the Lord. So keep the commandments of God, and it's going to take a real man, a real woman to do that as well. And then notice uh, the next area the judgments of God, and this has to do with those punishments that God had decreed upon certain types of crimes to be enacted by the judges of the land, so we are to keep ourselves from those things, as defined in God's word in the Old Testament. And then lastly, we are to keep the testimonies of God. What are the testimonies? What does this refer to? Well, it's God's witness and testimony, that if you do this, as is defined by the word, then God will respond in that way. So therefore, God said, I will bless you and prosper you. I will multiply you. I will be your God, and you will be my people, if you keep my commandments. That was God's testimony, all right? And so when we read the word of God, you know, from the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to the last book of Uh, of the Bible in the New Testament, which is the book of Revelation, all of the instruction, all of the commandments, all of the exhortations. If we do, we'll be blessed by God. And I'm going to give you some cross-references for this in just a moment as we continue to move on in our study. But these are God's testimonies. And if we give ourselves to God's testimonies, God's instruction in the words, your life will be full, your life will be enriched, your life will be blessed. So, if you keep my commandments, that's his testimony, and God's commitment to those who would be obedient. But then on the other hand, if you don't walk in my ways, God said, I'll let your enemies overpower you, bring national calamity upon you. And that was also a part of God's testimony, wasn't it? Now, as we read the history of Israel, as recorded first in the Old Testament, we see how true are the testimonies of God. And it has been recorded for us in his word how he blessed those who served him, those who were faithful in walking in his ways. But it has also been recorded 
of the judgments that came upon those who turned from the path of God. These are the testimonies. So David is saying to his son Solomon, be strong, son. Be a man. Keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies. Now, I'm so thankful, again, as I've already suggested, through the ministry and the operation of the Holy Spirit, that we have the resource available to us to be able to do what God asks us to do. Let me give you a cross-reference for this. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 6 and verse 10, but we'll find these promises throughout the New Testament, but I wanted to zero in on this one. Finally, my brethren, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, finally, my brethren, notice what he says. He says, be strong, not in your own might, but in the Lord, relying upon the Lord, dependent upon the Lord, looking to the Lord for our strength. In fact, the Bible tells us that when we are weak, we become strong as we look unto the Lord and in the power of his might. Not only in our own power, but in the power of his might. Now, if we need an incentive for all of this, and I would also remind you, from time to time, I I try to always remind us about this. You know, there's nothing that God asks of us that is recorded in the Bible, that even God demands of us, that if we give ourselves to it, there's not a rich reward. Always remember that. You know, God will bless those who are obedient. Now, what is the incentive here? We'll go back to verse 3. That's a part of our text. Notice it says, If we keep the ways of the Lord, the statutes, the commandments, the judgments, and testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, verse 3, that you may prosper. Now, this is a promise. God tells us that if we do these things, that we will prosper in all that you do and wherever you uh, turn. So if you need an incentive you know, for obeying God, well, here it is. It's the reward of faith and obedience. You see, there is in the Bible that promise of success and prosperity to that person who will walk in the ways of the Lord. So, therefore, we should have a completely different perspective and outlook on the commandments that are recorded for us in the Word. We can use them to our advantage and our blessing, can't we? You see, these are just simply laws that govern the universe. You can't get around them. And if you give yourself to the laws of God, the commandments as outlined for us in the Word, your life will be rich, your life will be full. You know, I think many times we have a misconception concerning the laws and commandments of God. We think that these are restrictive upon us to keep us from having a good time and enjoying life. We think God is seeking to make our life bland or miserable. And then there are times when we look at the commandments of God and we feel we would be a lot happier violating the commandments of God. And isn't that one of the ploys of the devil? You know, Satan uses this to move us away from Christ, offering immediate fulfillment and satisfaction. But that never happens. This is a foolish mistake. Misery will only follow by breaking the laws of God. You know, the very thing that you thought would bring you happiness, joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment has brought you into bondage and misery. Remember, when Moses died and Joshua took up the leadership for the nation of Israel, 
God spoke to him. It's recorded for us in the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, in chapter 1, in verses 7 and 8, there he says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice the reward in obeying God. So the promise of God to Joshua, stay in the law, keep the commandments, meditate upon them, and thus it'll make your way prosperous and successful. You know, one of my favorite psalms, outside of the 23rd Psalm, probably my favorite, but in Psalm chapter 1, along these same lines, we have the same promise. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, blessed, that word blessed can literally be translated, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, your life is going to be fruitful. That brings forth its fruit in season. Abundant fruit. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, whatever he puts his hand to, shall prosper. What a precious promise that is. And so God has promised his blessing upon those who would keep his commandments, those who would walk in his ways. Let me give you another cross-reference. In the book of 2 Chronicles, this is probably a really familiar one to you, in chapter 16 and verse 9, there we are told the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, and that's exactly what God wants to do. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf of those whose hearts are perfect before him. Well, anyway, there you have it. Those are the promises. And if we keep God's commandments, you can be sure that your ways will prosper. Then notice, let's go back to our text. Let's go back now to 1 Kings chapter 2. Notice in verse 4, David goes on, and he says that the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not lack a man upon the throne of Israel. So God had promised, notice here, God had promised David that there would never cease to be one of his descendants sitting upon the throne of Israel. But the promise, as is also true of all of the promises of God, are conditional. You might want to write that down. The promises of God are conditional. The promise was conditional upon his sons, notice, walking in the way of the Lord, according to verse 4. That is, continuing after the Lord with all of their hearts, with all of their souls. And then the promise that God had made to him was made good. Now, as we know, this isn't the first time 
that we've read the Old Testament, right? Let me ask you this question. Did that happen? And the answer to that question, unfortunately, was no. When you read the prophets, like, for example, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, and Amos, these prophets are crying out against the kings, warning them of the impending judgment. And we realize that David's descendants did not keep the ways of the Lord. Not all of them, but some of them did not keep the ways of the Lord, did not follow after God. And so the time came when the throne was actually vacant. And we know, according to Israel's history, that they were carried off into the Babylonian captivity. And so the point being is that these were conditional promises. But Israel failed to continue to obey and keep God's commandments. So the promises God gives to us, let's bring this down to us now, right? We're not so much concerned about the kings of Israel. What about you? What about me? Well, in the same way, the promises that God has given to us in his word that are defined for us in the Bible are conditional promises. And God has promised to bless and be with us if we will walk in his ways. If we keep covenant with God, he will keep covenant with you. God will be faithful to his word if you will be faithful to his word. But listen, if you're not faithful to God's word, he will still be faithful to his word. In what way will he be faithful to his word? Well, if you disobey God's commandments, you're going to reap corruption and judgment. You can be sure of that. For he has said, if you will not keep my statutes, commandments, you will know sorrow and pain in your life. And you can be sure if you walk in your own way after the flesh and you deviate from God's path, you are only courting and inviting disaster and heartache. But to walk in the way of the Lord, you keep his word and you'll be blessed. You will find the strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, and the blessing of walking in fellowship with God. And is there anything as precious, you know, just knowing that you're walking with God, that his hand is upon your life? You know, no matter what you're facing, God is with you. God has gone before you. You know, just to know and sense the presence of God, no matter what I face, no matter what I have to deal with in life's experience. And, and you know, our life's experience aren't always, you know, what we were hoping for, right? And we're not exempt from trial and problems and difficulties and, you know, multiple kinds of issues that we have to face and deal with. But just to know that God is with us, that we're walking together with him, that his hand is upon our life. How precious is that, right? We don't want to, you know, violate the trust that God has placed, you know, in each and every one of us. What a precious promise that is. So anyway, this counsel David gave to his son Solomon is excellent advice for all of us and is certainly relevant. Now, that brings us to our third point. If you're taking notes, please write this down. And that is the message of, in a nutshell, grow up and mature, walk in the ways of the Lord, keep his commandments, and God will bless you. Right? This is what God is seeking. This is what God is asking us to do. Grow up and mature, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, 
the result of which will be God will bless us. So you'll have a prosperous life, and everywhere you turn, you'll find the hand of God there in advance to bless you. It all comes down to a choice, though, as I've already suggested. I choose to walk in my way or in God's way. You know, it's sad indeed, the man looking back at the end of the road, at the end of his life, looking at the disaster that his life has left, and he declares, I did it my way. How much better is it to be able to say, rather, I did it God's way? And so God help us to heed the advice and counsel of this wise father that he gave to his son, Solomon. Now, maybe today, some of you are experiencing the pain and suffering of taking your own path, walking in your own way. And it's only for you produce this bitter fruit. You're tasting of this bitter fruit because you violated God's commandments. You're doing things your own way. Well, here's the good news. Guess what? It's not too late to change. That's what the gospel message, that's what this morning's message is all about. That is, if you will turn your life over to the Lord, if you will seek the Lord, he can transform your life and make you a new person. It's never too late. And he can take and alter the circumstances of your life, no matter what you're dealing with at the present time, and give you beauty for ashes, joy for your sorrow. But again, it all goes back to your choice. Your way or his way. Listen, be a real man, be a real woman, and choose God. Let me lead you in a word of prayer. Join me together in in prayer. Father, we thank you for the lessons that are contained within this advice that was served up by David at the end of his life. You know, certainly he, he was someone who had, for so many years, walked with you, knew you, experienced blessing, also experienced judgment when he violated your commandments. We know that David, David's advice came from firsthand experience. Lord, so may we make it easy upon ourselves and just give ourselves completely to these exhortations and to learn these lessons. Father, you would rather guide us with your eye than rather than you know, putting the bit in the bridle in our mouths and pulling the reins and experiencing the, the pain and, and the suffering of, of doing things that are contrary to your commandments. And so, Lord, just lead us with your eye. God, may we choose your way, the easy way. Father, we thank you. Lord, help us to be those men and women that you want us to be. Come. For we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone say, Amen. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be. The book of 1 Kings opens with the death of King David and the rise of Solomon. When he was given a choice, Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom, and it pleased the Lord. From 1 Kings 3, 11 through 13, we read God's response. And God said to him, 
Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself, long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. I give you a wise and discerning mind. I also give you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. What are you asking God for today? God was pleased with Solomon's request and gave him all he asked and more. Are your requests pleasing to God? We're so glad you've joined us here on In My Father's House as Pastor Mike Finizio makes his way through the book of 1 Kings. This book is filled with rich history that shows us the character of God. Pastor Mike has a lot more to share with you as he continues through this book, and we have other messages stored for you on our website. Head on over to harvestnyc.org to find teachings on a wide variety of topics. Once again, that's harvestnyc.org. In My Father's House is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship, located in Midtown Manhattan. We're easy to find. There's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. You can check out our website for times. Well, we've come to the end of our time together today. Be sure to plan on joining us again next time for more from First Kings right here on In My Father's House. Oh, my heart, not be troubled.